Hey, everyone, welcome to the Align Podcast, where we provide practical insight for youth pastors through conversation and teaching. I'm your host, Nate Ortiz, and today's guest is a dear friend, and I really do mean that, not just saying it. Um, I met him about uh, three years ago at a retreat, and um, we've clicked and stayed connected since, and uh, I'm really excited to have him share today. But uh, he has been in youth ministry for over a decade in various roles from youth culture specialist, staff evangelist. Uh, in the Northern California, Nevada district. Um, and he's been a next gen pastor in Michigan, but now he currently serves at the Assemblies of God National Youth Ministries office in the role of operations and strategic partnerships. So that's a little bit of, of who he or what he does, um, but who he is and why we're having him share on this podcast is because he is just one of those guys that uh, does things so well. And he just, um, he just makes it look effortlessly. Truly. He just never is stressed. Uh, at least he doesn't show it right and he just is able to get things done and serves people so well um, and he is just one of those guys we were talking uh, before and he says a one on the Enneagram right which I feel like those are rare breeds right in youth ministry that you just love the detail and the attention but um, he just uh, carried himself so well and what he does and I asked him to come on this podcast and talk about um, just leading up and how to uh, get that done, how to be most effective. And so, uh, John, can you just give a greeting as you join us on this podcast? Hey, what's up, Nate? So excited to be with you guys. This is an exciting thing. Love podcasts, man. Bro, we're so excited. I mean, you, you're you just like, I wish people, we could just, we should do the video once so people would see how cool you actually are. <laughs> I like how you said it just seems effortless. You know, it's a, it's a compliment. It is. I'll take that. Listen, I mean, like you sport a mustache, looks effortlessly. You just do, you just do what you do. <laughs> Right. I try to sport a mustache. Here's here's the truth of it. So every like three to four weeks, I have to start over fresh because I haven't learned how to trim it yet. And every time I try to trim it, I end up messing it up and then just have to shave the whole thing and and start over. So it's not effortless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, I said you make it look effortless. Okay. Okay. You're right. That's the smoothness of John Zick. (laughs) But hey, you know, uh, as we hop into this, you know, we uh, we just want to. Um, you know, talk about it. I mentioned briefly, but um, being in youth ministry and right, I feel like you always have to be good, a, a little bit uh, good at a lot of things, right? Uh, <laughs> For not sure. Good English, right. But um, <laughs> that makes sense. Gotta, right. Like a little bit good at a lot of things. And uh, for you, right, we talked a little bit about that, like finding that sweet spot, right? I mean, I think you would say, right, as being part of operations, strategic partnerships, um, there is a level of skill that really goes beyond just being charismatic or a likable person. And so for for you, how did you discover your sweet spot in ministry? Oh, man, I think yeah, I think part of that, I'm still discovering that, you know, I'm still figuring out um, I'm learning new aspects to that every day. Can I say it that way? And um, for me, you know, because you, you think you know what your sweet spot is and you think you know, like, okay, this is maybe this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm excited about. But what I found in, in my journey is I haven't really known what it was until it was taken away from me. So wow. until I wasn't able to operate in my sweet spot, I didn't know it was a sweet spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and so, you know, there's different seasons and different positions and different churches. And, um, you know, you just have, you have different, different things that are asked of you in those seasons. And so you just learn, you learn about yourself, you know, and and I think that's the biggest thing in, in discovering that is allowing room to actually discover it. 
allow room for yeah. failure, allow room to to figure out what that looks like. It, it's kind of, you know, that saying, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Um, you know, I think yeah. for me that that would definitely ring true, you know, in this scenario of what what I've found to really be my sweet spots. I didn't realize it until I wasn't able to do those things in a position that I was in. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's funny, you know, you said one of those things like you never viewed yourself as a youth pastor. And that wasn't totally. to say you didn't love teenagers. You didn't love youth ministry. Right. The context of it was to say, right, to be on the stage or to be that like, you know, high energy person that that wasn't what brought you life when it came to the aspect of ministering to teenagers. Was there a little bit of uh, maybe tension or a little bit of discomfort? of realizing like, yeah, like this is more my sweet spot of, you know, right. The, the, the strategic, the, you know, organizing that kind of space versus the upfront and just, and, and obviously you could do both. Um, but you know, what, where's, was there like a tension between those two spaces? For sure. And, and I think, you know, when I was starting out in ministry, I thought maybe something was wrong with me, you know, as a youth pastor who wasn't necessarily super excited about Wednesday nights, you know, which is when we had our <laughs> service. Um, and not that I, I was um, in the fact of, you know, students' lives were being transformed, but I was excited for other reasons that maybe most youth pastors wouldn't be excited about. I was excited for like the student leadership time and the the leadership right. development before service and hanging out with the leaders after service and, um, you know, and then obviously having that relationship with the students is there as well. But I was like, man, I'm I'm broken, like as a youth pastor, you know, um, because I'm not like, ah, Wednesday nights are everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it right. was just kind of a different feel for me. So, yeah, I definitely had to learn that there was definitely some tension there of, of navigating that and figuring that out. And like I said, I'm, I'm still I'm still navigating that. I'm still figuring that out and things um, every single day of, of what my sweet spots are. You know, there's there's certain things where I'm like, yes, these are these are absolutely it. You know, at this point now, if there's a position and I can't operate in A, B, and C, then outside of God coming to me in a dream, I'm not even going to really entertain that position. You know what I mean? So you, you begin to, yeah. to learn those things for sure. Um, but again, I'm I'm learning I'm learning new things every day as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's important. Um, I, I know there can be stereotypes that we have in youth ministry where we feel like right, we have to be the upfront person, the, you know, the loudest person in the yeah. room or that kind of uh, have that kind of loud, you know, upfront. I won't say loud. Right. But this. Upfront can you say obnoxious? Is that is that <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, right. right. But like, right. We feel this pressure. Though, like, right. I have to be this communicator. Like I have to like this is the profile of right. This youth pastor. And you know, I, I think it's one of the greatest things about you, right? You know, right. What is the effectiveness? I think for you, right, this would be an easier question to answer, right? But if we ask youth pastors, say, how effective would your ministry be if you didn't touch a microphone and lead in front of people? Yeah, right. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I think, um, you know, having those people around you, because here's the key too, like knowing your sweet spots, but then being okay when it's not your sweet spot. And, and finding someone else where that is their sweet spot, you know? So I think, I think yeah. that's the key in, in ministry and, and kind of life in general is knowing you, being confident in the gifts that God has given you, the abilities he's given you, the, the, the things that he's given you and the things that he hasn't given you. And then find people, mm. you know, that, that are able to do that. So I've always had on my team um, somebody who is outgoing and excited and, 
you know, can can grab the attention of a room and, you know, loves being around people, is energized from being around people. Like, I, I know that's needed in ministry. I know that's part of it. I know that right. that's, you know, those aspects are, are, are all part of it and all make up, you know, what, what a healthy ministry would look like. I just knew that wasn't necessarily coming from me. Now, I could do it, but it was draining. You know, it wasn't it wasn't life-giving. So finding someone to where that is their sweet spot, that's what gives them life. That's what motivates them. That's what drives them. And then making them a part of your team. That's why I think teams are so important in ministry, regardless if it's a paid team or volunteer team or whatever it is. Like teams are so crucial. I know that's not what this podcast is about. That's kind of a rabbit trail. Um, but, you know, it kind of goes into the sweet spot talk as well of of you need to know your sweet spots and know and know your sour spots. <laughs> Right. No, absolutely. And that, and that could be hard, you know, right. It sounds great to, you know, to say, right. It's easier to talk about on a podcast. Right. Than you, right? Yeah. you have to be honest yep. with it. Come face to face with that. And so, you know, as you made a transition for, you know, for, you know, from, you know, being a next gen director, um, you know, leading in that way, feeling very, you know, comfortable, right. Influence is maybe a little more built in, right. As you're that next gen person, you're leading, right. You have the flexibility to do some of those things. Uh, what does it look like now that you transition to the national office? You're serving in a completely different way. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't view it this way necessarily, but right for the sake of those listening, right, your role may be considered more behind the scenes, yep. right? You know, uh, you're not the person that's up front going to be preaching or leading something. But once again, it's it's you know, like I said, it's it's much more um, you know on front end of of events or back end or you know obviously during it, there's a lot that you're doing to make it move forward. So my question is, you know, what does influence look like um, when you're behind the scenes, right? When you're leading up, you know, what does yeah, that look like? and and you know, just being transparent, like the transition has been really hard personally, um, you know, and and learning and being okay with with where God has me. You know, I think that's that's kind of the key in this. Um, and, and that's the key for influence in general is like, be okay with where God has you and why he has you there in the season that he has you in and, and influence is going to naturally come. Don't always be looking for that next spot or that next position or that next platform. And that's when I'm going to get the influence I want. So that's when I can really, you know, I've heard this a lot, um, you know, coming from a, a bigger church, you know, a, a mega church in, in Michigan and having, you know, a leadership team of of a hundred volunteers and having paid staff, you know, four or five, six different paid staff members. And um, you know, I, I heard a lot from people, well, I if I had a leadership team like that, then I would focus on leadership development. Or if mm -hmm. if I had a situation like that, then I would do this. And I would always say start doing it now. Start now with what yeah. you have. Um, and the same thing, the same principle would apply with with influence. Start now with what you have, because when you really look at influence, you know what what is influence? It's is it you know the social media followers? Is is that when man? If once I hit this mark, then I really have influence. Is it speaking on the stage in front of thousands of people? Man, once I once I'm on a stage where I'm the main speaker for at least two thousand people, then I know okay, now I have influence. And, and maybe it, it's some of those things. But in my opinion, it's so much more than that influence. I would consider influence of living a life that someone wants to reciprocate. Because wow. instantly now you have influence with at least one person because they look at you and they say, I want what you have. You have something that I want in my life. 
I would love to, you know, reciprocate that, that action. I would love to reciprocate that leadership style, whatever it is that you have. So in that moment, now you just gained influence. And you can do yeah, that with one person right. or you can do that with a thousand people, with 10,000 people. The, the number is irrelevant when your mindset is what can I be doing to be reciprocated? You know what I mean? Like if someone were just to look at my life, would they yeah. say, man, I want to I be like that person? Because that's what real influence is. And, and when you look at the people who have the platforms in our culture and society today, they have pieces that other people want to be like. You know, they, they have something right. about them that, that draws people to them. And so, you know, I would just say be true to who you are uh, behind the scenes, in front of the stage, whatever it is, whatever season God has you in, be true to who you are and not to who people want you to be. Um, be confident mm -hmm. in that because it's, it's who you truly are is going to develop that influence in your life over time. Um, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's in the Bible somewhere, be, be faithful with small and, and God will give you more. Um, I yeah, think I that's think in there, right. right? Isn't that, um, <laughs> and, and it's the same principle, you know what I mean? Like be faithful with the influence that God has given you. If it's one person, if it's one student, if it's one leader that says, man, you have something that I want, be faithful with that, you know, yeah. and, and I believe that God will grow that. Uh, faithful and consistent, you know, is, is kind of what I have down. Just be, be faithful and consistent in what God has you. If it's behind the scenes, if it's on stage, you know, if it's the second chair, if it's the third chair, whatever it is, be faithful and consistent and God will open the doors of influence that he wants to open for your life. Yeah. And I, I think that's, yeah, you said a lot there. If you're, for those who are listening, I think there's a lot of great truths that you have in there. And sometimes right, when we hear these truths, we sometimes feel like, yeah, 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 you know, like you'll do it with one or whatever. But it's true. I mean, it's really where it starts. And I think your life is a testament to that. You know, I, I you know, there's that old saying that, you know, in boxing, like the ring doesn't make champions. It just reveals them. Right. And so, you know, where you are, it's not just because um, you know, John, John Zick just showed up and, and did something. Right. It's like you were faithful and, and where God had you. Um, and you know, that influence just uh, began to grow. And so, as you said, you, know, you transitioned to this role. Um, I, I want to ask you, you know, you're leading um, at a really high level. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that you guys are doing there at the national office and, you know, reaching youth ministries and, you know, what is like, you know, 13,000 churches, you know, like to have, you know, yeah. someone's yeah. got here in, a, in the U.S., right? That, that's that's huge. Um you know, with all the events, things that you guys do, uh, when it comes to your role specifically, how do you effectively discover what your leader needs? Right. Yeah. There's a lot of tasks, right. You know, that you have to do. And, and that just comes with understanding leadership, but how do you effectively say, this is my leader. How do I discover what they need that I can be the best for them? For sure. Um, you know, I think there's a couple of things. I think the first thing is observe, you know, don't assume, um, so observe, just, you know, be, be taking notes in meetings, even maybe meetings where, where you don't have a voice, uh, or at the table, but you have a seat at the table. Um, you know, be, be watching in those meetings, be taking notes, be learning, be engaging, uh, be intentional with it. Um, you know, ask that person, whoever the leader is, Hey, let's go to lunch. Let's grab coffee. Let's do this. You know, something I, I did any church that I went to and started at, I would ask that the first six months with the lead pastor, if I could have a lunch with them once a month, 
So give me the first six months, you know, and, and at larger churches, that's a, that's a harder thing to get, you know, is, is kind of that one-on-one time with the lead pastor. Uh, but regardless of the church size, you know, Michigan, my, my last position being, being the largest church that I was at, the first thing I asked when I got there was, can I have an appointment once a month with our lead pastor to go to lunch so that I can just learn him, get to know him? There really wasn't an agenda outside of that. Like, I just want to get to know you. Um, and, you know, it wasn't, I didn't have to fight for it. The lead pastor was absolutely, let's do it, excited about it. And, and you know, this was this was at a larger church to where a lot of times people think the lead pastor is untouchable. Um, but any leader is going to to open that door. You know what I mean? If, if someone under them is wanting to learn them, wanting to get to know them, wanting to ask questions. And so what I would do throughout the month, any meeting that I was in that he was leading or that he was a part of, uh, any conversations, whatever it was, if I saw something that he did that I had questions about or I thought was was really cool, I would write it down. And in those meetings, I would ask him to explain it further. So like, hey, I noticed in this meeting, um, you know, you said you said this. Can you explain that to me so that I can kind of understand your thinking? Because a lot of times in meetings like that, you're just getting the you're getting the thought out answer. And I want to know how you got to that answer. You know, I, I want to know the process it took for you to to come to that answer. Um, and so those were the type of things that I would do, you know, to really begin to learn my leader, learn their heart, learn learn what drives them, learn their passions. And at the same time, it's a, it's a mutual thing because he's now learning me as well. He's learning the things that drive me. Yeah. He's learning the things that, that motivate me, that excite me. And that's super beneficial for any leader to know his team members and to know now like, oh, you know, let's, let's put together a leadership lunch for all of our volunteers. I know John is, is really passionate about leaders because we've had conversations about it. Let's, let's ask him if he would organize this and kind of take the lead on this. You know, like that's super helpful for a leader yeah. to know those things as well. So it's kind of a, a, a mutual thing where, yes, you need to get to, to learn them and know them, but then also find opportunities to where they're getting to know you because that helps them in the long run. Yeah, that's really good. Wow. I, you know, I love that. That that's really, really good. Uh, starting at church and making that uh, an ask to have a, a lunch um, you know, for the first six months. And, you know, and I, one of the things you know, I hear in that too, is that right. The, the main objective is right. Not just to like get stuff from them, but just say like, right. No other agenda outside of getting to know you, right. So you can serve yeah. them uh, best, which I, I think is super powerful. And if, Right. Any lead pastor, right? that's what they want from their youth pastor to feel like one is relationship. But then, two, they feel like uh, their hands may be being lifted, yeah. uh, you know, a little yep, bit by their youth sure. pastor, which which I think is great. And so, you know, I as you have just spoken on so many uh, great topics here, just you know, leading up. Um, here's one of the things where right, as a youth pastor, you could maybe be in the spot where you just feel like. Right. You know, it happens. Right. If I'm doing a lot of tasks yeah. or, you know, it, my, what I'm doing really effective or not being know, or noticed. Time, so like, yeah. Right. Like I wish I could kind of break out of just the role that I am versus, you know, everyone's enjoying the service and I'm, you know, yeah, <laughs> doing yeah. this, you know, whatever that might be. Uh, what would advice would you give to youth pastors who are struggling leading from the second chair? We're not talking like they're bitter and, and angry, For sure. angry, but that discontentment that they're. they're yeah. And some of them could be bitter and angry. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is true. Um, that is but no, totally, true. dude. And 
And, you know, this is, I've been in that seat. Like I've been in those moments of frustration and had to pray through those. And, and so this is really, you know, coming just from personal experience. And I'm sure, you know, other people might have advice on this, but, but the three things that I've always tried to do, the first one is I've always tried to guard my heart. You know, I, I've felt like God has told me time and time again, guard your heart because it is so easy to become frustrated and bitter and angry. Um, you know, don't become complacent or apathetic. It's easy in those moments just to kind of say, I'm just going to go through the motions. It's easy in those those seasons of frustration or seasons where you feel like maybe you're, you're not getting the tension that you that you think you should get or you don't have the position that you think you should have or the respect that you think you should have. It's just like, whatever, I'm just going to kind of go on autopilot. I'm going to do what they want me to do wow. and, and just kind of go through the motions. So guard your heart. And, and here's the other thing. You don't want to leave a situation a situation like that to another one, but you still have anger and resentment from the past situation. And so that's why I say guard your heart, because that stuff carries with you year after year after year after year, ministry position to ministry position, church to church, whatever it is, organization to organization, you carry what's in your heart. So even though you may leave that position that you were angry and frustrated with, you're now leaving and going to a next one and you're still carrying that anger and frustration. And so guard your heart wow. against those things. Uh, be intentional about it. Daily pray, you know, Lord, help me guard my heart. The second thing would be this. Examine your heart. Why are you frustrated? Why are you angry? You know, it's not always on the other person. Sometimes there's something in us that we need to change. Sometimes there's there's a selfish ambition or a a prideful desire in us. And again, I'm talking from experience, a prideful desire in us that, that we need to change and, and, and we need to work out. Um, and sometimes it is the, the person, you know, that, uh, that, that's, that's your leader, you know, but examine your heart. God, know my heart, know my thoughts, uh, search me and know me is what David said, you know, King David, search me and know me. And I think we, we all know that King David didn't come from a place of perfection. He wasn't saying like, hey, God, search me and know me. You know, you know, I'm good. Well, he, you know, we know his story. Um, but he was saying it right. out of a, a genuine heart of, I want to make sure there's there's no selfish way in me. I want to make sure there's, there's yeah. no selfish ambition. There's no prideful desires that it's all about you. And, and really examine your heart. You know, if, if you're in a place where there is frustration and there is anger, because that, that's only going to help. It's going to get you to a place to where kind of what I talked about at the beginning, maybe you're frustrated because you're not able to operate in a sweet spot that you once used to operate in. And so now you're learning like, yeah. oh, okay, this is a sweet spot for me. I never realized that before. I knew I, knew I loved leadership development, but I didn't know it was a sweet spot. But now that I'm not able to do leadership development, I'm finding that it's a sweet spot. So examine your heart, take time to do that. The third one is this, remind your heart, remind your heart. So guard your heart, examine your heart and remind your heart. It's not forever. This season isn't going to be yeah. forever. And you don't want this one season to ruin a lifetime relationship with Jesus. You don't want this one season right. to get you to the place to where now you're jaded, you're 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 angry at the church, you're you're angry at how things are done. Um, so so remind your heart this is not forever. You know something I feel like um, the Holy Spirit told me years and years ago when I was in this moment of frustration and just trying to pray through it, like you know, God, why do you have me here? This doesn't seem 
like a good fit. I'm just frustrated. I'm angry. I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you have to be content because you know this is where I have you, but you're not satisfied because you know there's more. So you're content because you know this is where I have you. Be content because God has you there. He's intentional. He has you there for a reason and, and, and for that season. But you're not satisfied because you know there's more. So there's still that hope. There's still that longing for God has, you know, bigger plans. God has uh, more seasons in my life. It's not always going to be this way, but God has me here for a reason. And there's something I need to learn or he's developing something in me. He's developing a, a tenacity in me to not give up, to not quit, whatever it is, whatever, you know, whatever it is that God has you in that season for, it's for a reason. So be content, but not satisfied. Wow. That's good. That's really, really good. And, you know, John, I, like I said, I, I really appreciate you um, just taking the time to articulate this and being just honest and open and transparent, which I think is uh, right. That's how we learn. It's how we grow, um, you know, as just youth pastors and just leaders. And, you know, so I, I have one more question um, as you, you have uh, have many different ministry experiences in different uh, states and different situations. Um you know, now this one, probably, you know, really different. Um, but, you know, are, what resources or, you know, podcasts, books, you know, blogs, whatever it might be, um, you know, that has maybe helped you, whether it's you know, from long ago or now that you would recommend to, um, you know, our definitely um i love i love resources i love leadership i love podcasts all that good stuff um so i would say you know the the tale of three kings is kind of one of those books that you can read every year and you won't be disappointed um you know i think that's that's just right. a great book and a, a great reminder to have this this new podcast i don't know if you've heard of uh patrick lencioni lencioni i don't even know how to say mm -hmm. his last name yep. but uh, he just came out with a podcast recently, semi-recently, and it's called At the Table, At the Table Podcast. Um, and I, I love all his stuff, you know, so his books, The Motive, The Advantage, uh, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, The Ideal Team Player, like his stuff is just gold to me. Um, and so those are, you know, it really helps you establish who you are as a leader. It really helps you, you know, kind of navigate the type of leader that you want to be. Um, so his stuff is all really good. Mark Miller, uh, he's, the, I think, believe the CFO of, of Chick-fil-A. He, he came out with like this leadership series. I think it's like four or five different books in this series. And, and they're very short. You know, they're kind of they're not going to intimidate you, um, you know, by by getting them. So they're, they're a good size and you can kind of knock them out in, in a week or even on an airplane or whatever. Uh, but those are Mark Miller has some really good leadership books that he's come out with. And, and like I said, there, it is a series. I think they build off of each other a little bit. And there's four or five books in that series, but I would, I would definitely recommend that to anybody. Um, Cause I think those are, those are good things. Yeah. And the, uh, the Mark Miller uh, series, that's something like, can I, yeah. Yeah. If you Googled Mark up. Miller um, and, and the series that he has, you know, it would, it would, I, like I said, I think it's four or five books, but yeah, Google, Google knows everything. They would know. They would know exactly what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> they know everything well cool but hey john seriously thank you so much um for just sharing your wisdom sharing your journey and really encouraging all of us on this podcast i really mean i think what you gave is really just timeless um information truly um not just whether you're leading 
up or whether you're you're leading other people, I think it's good information either way. Sometimes we can get in leadership spots and we forget what it was to be you know in that spot where your influence is looking different in the second chair. Um, and so, John, thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. Um, oh, absolutely, man. Truly. Thanks for having me on. Loved it. Well, cool. Well, hey, thank you guys for joining us, and we look forward to next time uh, on the Align Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.